What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Not an incredible week for the waiver wire for week seven, but not an awful one either. There are no players that are like a slam dunk number one overall claim, but there are a decent amount of quality options at every position. So if you need to go after someone, you're thin for injuries, you're thin for bye weeks, they'll probably be an option. Uh, but yeah, bye weeks this week, six of them. We've got the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, Texans, Jets, Titans. Some of those teams don't have a ton of fantasy relevant players. Whenever you have six teams on by, some of you are hurting. So let's go over the top options. Running back. Um, decently deep this week. But again, I don't think anyone is a number one claim. The first two we'll go over are the closest. And it really comes down to what you need. If you need production this week, you are two and four, you have running backs on by, and you're like, I absolutely need a win and need help at running back, then use your number one claim, right? If you're sitting there like five and one, you don't need help at running back, maybe don't use a claim. So it really depends on your situation. But I think the top option and could be worth the one claim if you need him is Elijah Mitchell. We don't yet know the status of of Christian McCaffrey. We don't know if he's missing this week. I think he's going to. We don't know yet. We don't know if he'll miss weeks after that. But regardless, just for the potential that he does, Mitchell needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. I know that Mason got a lot of hype over the summer, looks really good on limited touches, has played well, um, played over Mitchell last week. But they trust Mitchell. They really like him as a player. And it was more that he was coming off of his injury, right? And he returned to practice last Thursday, barely makes it in time to play the game. And so they didn't want to overload him. They probably didn't even plan on really getting him any touches in this game, more than like one or two. Then McCaffrey goes down and like, okay, we'll, we'll give Jordan Mason a few touches. But moving forward, we should expect him to be, uh, I don't want to say 100% because you can never really know. But judging from the comments the team have made so far, they're expecting next week with a full week of practice, Mitchell to be fine, to be someone that can carry the load. And he's not going to be a featured running back, but it doesn't matter, right? If he's getting the majority of the workload, majority of the touches, at least over half of the running back touches, carries, targets, things like that, on San Francisco, he has to be rostered. He's going to be someone you're going to want to start as well. Uh, again, we don't know yet, but just for the potential that McCaffrey does miss, you have to go after Mitchell. Uh, and then I do think that Mason should also be rostered just in case. What if McCaffrey misses more time than we think? What if Mitchell suffers a setback, you know, during the week in practice? Like M Mitchell is still, you know, someone who has struggled to stay healthy in the past. So it's not a lock that he stays healthy throughout the week. Uh, so I would still roster Mason, but you're definitely going after Mitchell. Mason would just be someone to throw like 1% or 2% at. And it'd be fine if you didn't want to go after him. You didn't have the bench spot for him. After Mitchell, I think it's Roshan. Uh, he was out last week with a concussion, but should be back this week. You don't always know with concussions, but you would imagine he'd be back this week. That's what usually happens. We know Herbert is out at least three more weeks. So this is one where, yes, like, with Mitchell, you get the production right now. Um, we're expecting production from Roshan for a few weeks. He should be the lead back when he's out there. Um, Fields is also banged up. That's a negative for the offense, and you'd prefer Fields to be healthy and starting to have the running backs on this team. But it's not a horrible thing because they could still just lean run heavy. You'd imagine they don't lean pass heavy with a backup quarterback. And so, you know, if Khalil Herbert is out, Roshan's active as like not the featured back but someone who's getting the majority of the third down snaps likely getting goal line getting a good amount between the 20s 
and they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Like he has the potential to hit like 15 or 17 touches per game over the next three weeks. That is worth rostering in all formats. I don't care if you're an 18 league or higher, you should be rostering someone with that potential. Again, we don't know yet. We'll learn a lot more over the week, but he should be rostered everywhere. I would say in a typical like 12 team league, both of these players, if you need a running back, are worth like 15% of your fab. And if you're desperate, you need that win. Don't be afraid to go higher than that to just lock them up. It's not going to guarantee you a win. But if you're looking at your team being like, if I don't have a running back, I am not winning this week, you can definitely go higher 15%. But that'd be like a general gauge I'd be looking at for these two. After those two, you're looking at Chuba Hubbard. We talked about him the last few weeks, definitely talked about him last week as someone who, well, Miles Sanders has looked like he's been injured recently. If he takes a game or two off, Chuba's going to be the feature back. He's looked good. He's probably going to play well in that game. He's coming off a really good performance. Um, I would imagine in most competitive leagues, he's already rostered, but if he's still out there, grab him. Sanders could definitely come back and obviously when Sanders comes back you lose that value on Chuba but for however many weeks Sanders is going to be out now or in the future Chuba is a great backup to have after Chuba I definitely see a drop down into a bunch of players I'd spend like anywhere from one to three percent of your fab on more if you're in a super competitive league and you really need that spot but you know low single digits on these players um but they have like different benefits so we'll kind of go over like short term versus long term uh jordan mason who we went over devin singletary craig reynolds kareem hunt jaleel mclaughlin zach evans and tyje spears all worth putting claims in for this week but again not very high claims like you're not spending you know number one two three maybe even four claim on any of these players um order is also kind of up to you again it depends on the news we get this week which we don't know so if you have a gut feeling go for it with those players um but it also depends on what you need short versus long term so singletary if you need someone right now don't go after him right he's on by this week but he's coming off by far his highest snap share of the season actually tied damian pierce in touches 13 to 13 i believe he had also 14 opportunities to pierce's 13 uh pierce has also been really really bad this season almost all the offensive line when you look at some of these touches it's like he breaks seven tackles to get one yard like he's just not able to produce there but Singletary produced last week behind the exact same offensive line so if Singletary can get going you'd imagine they mix him in a little bit more uh more of a deeper league ad I don't think anyone in eight or a 10 team league needs to think about Devin Singletary but as you work in a 12 14 16 he's someone to keep an eye on um Craig Reynolds more of an immediate value potential. Montgomery's going to miss this week. Don't know how long he's going to miss, but he could miss a few weeks. Uh, and while Gibbs is likely to return, we don't know 100% if he will. And even when he does return, we know they're not going to feature him. And so even if we had Gibbs coming back this week, Craig Reynolds will be in line for some touches. And so he'd be someone that in most formats you'd want to be rostering. Kareem Hunt has some long-term interest. He went up to 37% of the snaps this week, had 71 yards and a touchdown on 15 touches. No way he's going to be efficient. Rest of his career, not going to be an efficient running back, but if he's going to get you know around 15 opportunities every week, he should be rostered in all leagues as well. Um, also, it was nice seeing um, the bump post by, right? Saying like, okay, they're trying to like, get him a little bit more involved in the offense because remember he, he joined the team a little bit late here uh and then also he's had his bye so it's just nice rostering someone where you know okay rest of the season if they stay healthy they'll always be an option for me if i need them uh then we have Jill mclaughlin uh javonta williams returns on thursday night but 
Jaleel did start the game, out-snapped him, barely out-snapped him, and he started the game, and technically Williams came in like right after that. But uh, Jaleel was more involved in the receiving game, and he just looks like their best running back. When you watch all of these games, you watch Pirine, you watch Williams, and you're like, okay, you're doing good, not amazing, not terrible, like they're doing good. And then you watch Jaleel, and it looks like he's shot out of a cannon. Like He just looks so much better both on the ground and through the air. It's going to stay a three-running back committee. You can't play any of them really in a three-running back committee. But if it becomes a two-running back committee, we'll have a little bit more faith in them. And I think it would be Jaleel and Javante Williams. But it's just they got to stop using P. Ryan so much in the receiving game. Shift all of the P. Ryan workload in the receiving game over to Jaleel McLaughlin. And then shift whatever carries he would have gotten. I don't think P. Ryan even had a carry last week. But shift any carries he would be getting also over if they can split kind of 50-50 in the workload. Now we can start seeing things. But I think you know Jaleel is worth rostering in the case that happens or in cases an injury. Again, uh, Zach Evans, also worth going after. Um, I've never really been a fan of his. Like He's probably one of the lower ones here. And honestly, I think a lot of people are going to really want to go after him this week. Uh, of course, we've got uh, multiple injuries in the running back position. Kyron Williams, uh, Ronnie Rivers, both not going to play this week. We don't know how long-term these are. Ronnie seems like it's going to be like three or four weeks. Kyron seems more short-term, but you just never really know this early on. Um, Again, I don't think Zach Evans is very good. I don't know that Sean McVay thinks he's very good, given the comments we've seen. They're going to activate other running backs. They could sign another running back. So, like, there's a lot of outcomes here where it's like Zach Evans is the only running back on the roster right now, but that won't happen later on, depending on who they go after. That's kind of dependent on the value you'd want to give up for him. So, if you want to put like one or two percent on him, sure, because maybe they do just fall in love with him this week. They're like, you know what? We'll feature him this week. I don't think that'll happen, though, and I think someone's going to spend like 15%, 20% of fab on him because they're just like, oh my goodness, only running back on the roster. Uh, Again, 1% if you really want. Uh, Then finally, Spears, who I talk about every week. Um, Just I keep talking about these handcuffs because like, oh, I talked about Chuba every week. Yeah, because they're handcuffs. They're not going to have value until the star goes down, but then Chuba was pretty valuable last week. Spears is the same thing. He doesn't really have value not starting him while Henry's healthy, but as soon as Henry goes down, he's the number one claim. People are spending 50% of their fab on him, so stash him if you can. A wide receiver. Uh, There are a million options that are all viable as like upside stashes. Um, Honestly, there are a good amount of players who you could kind of mix and match into the flex spot that for the rest of the season, when you've got buys, you've got injuries, they're good players that'll give you a solid amount of points, but don't necessarily have the upside to be wide receiver ones. I would say the top option in my eyes, because he does have that upside, if everything breaks right, is Rasheed Rice. He's coming off his best game of the season, a week after scoring his second touchdown. Uh, he probably needs to get to like 70, 75% of the snaps to be a weekly must start. He's only at 50% right now. We don't know if that's ever going to really rise because they like to rotate through so many. But uh, Justin Watson, his injury could open the door for a few more snaps. Um, and also Rice is pretty clearly the top wide receiver. Like He's the best performing wide receiver. He looks the best. He's looked the best since week one. Uh, so I think more snaps are coming with him. Uh, Joshua Palmer looked really good Monday night. Also had uh, that 20-yard touchdown that was called back. And it wasn't for something that like would have negated the touchdown or like it wasn't like an illegal block or something like that, um, like an offensive pass interference. It was lineman downfield. It was nothing that had anything to do with the play. So we could have had that add on. Uh, I think a lot of people would be going after him much more aggressively had that happened. But he's got at least 60 yards in three straight. He was up to 97% of the snaps last week. Uh, Quentin Johnson. 
Johnson is who they want to be the answer long-term as that deep threat, but it seems like it's just going to take him a lot longer to develop. And so I think Palmer rest of season is definitely the one that you want, even if we're looking, you know, four, five, six weeks into the future. It just seems like Quentin Johnson is going to take a little bit more time than I think maybe they thought as well. But everyone really thought he would come out and like, not do very well to start the season, but if there was an injury, be thrown into that role and be good downfield, it seems like it's just going to take him until like next year to really get going. And so Palmer's probably the guy you want rest of season. Uh, Josh Downs, another really solid option, did get bailed out by a late touchdown last week, but he's got 29 targets over the last four weeks. Um, they're clearly going to let Minshew air the ball out, so they're going to throw up plenty, even with Minshew likely the quarterback rest of season. Um, that's great news for Downs as well, because Minshew likes to target him. Uh, he's got a pretty high target share with Minshew at quarterback. Doesn't have a high weekly ceiling, though. These targets are still coming close to the line of scrimmage. He can hit downfield. We saw that, what, two weeks ago when he had the big play, but for the most part. Most of his targets are short. It's going to take him five or six receptions to really get going any week. Like if he had four receptions, he's probably only having like 30 or 40 yards. Uh, he's not going to have an insane target share in the red zone. So I don't think he's scoring a ton of touchdowns this season. But as a plug and play option, especially in full PPR formats, I had to play him last week. I had to play him actually two weeks in a row because I had people on by, I had people injured like he's a decent option. He's going to produce long term because they want him to be the guy. He's going to have plenty of snaps. Good option. Uh, same honestly is true for Wondell Robinson. Not that the Giants are going to air the ball out a ton, but Wondell is going to be a really good plug and play, especially in full PPR formats. And I think he's still fine in half PPR. Just both of these players, like, I don't think the touchdowns will be there most weeks. Again, it was last week for downs, but most weeks, downs, Wondell, not really scoring many touchdowns. They're not having huge yardage totals, which helps you the most in standard, a little bit less in half PPR, a little bit less, and full PPR. But in these full PPR and half PPR leagues, they can rack up receptions. Uh, we saw last week, um, Wandell racked up eight receptions on eight targets. Like, that's really good in a full PPR format. He's probably going to have about a 20% target share to close the season. Again, though, it's low weight on. So it's not 20% target share uh, like Nico Collins getting that way downfield. It's 20% close to the line of scrimmage. So again, better in full PPR. Uh, last three names, Curtis Samuel, Zay Jones and Michael Wilson. Curtis been getting a little bit lucky with touchdowns, touchdowns in three straight, but he's involved in the red zone. So if that continues, the touchdowns will still be elevated. Uh, also typically hovers around 50 yards every week. So even when he doesn't score, he'll mix in a carry here and there. And again, they're utilizing him in the red zone. And so the touchdowns are quote unquote lucky, but you know what? They're not using Dotson in that way. And so it's like, even though Dotson's the better wide receiver, if they're going to keep featuring Curtis in the red zone, He's going to keep scoring touchdowns. Um, again, I have no clue why they don't want to use Dotson, but here we are. Uh, Zay Jones also should return soon. I don't know exactly how soon, but he's still a great player to stash because he's their red zone option. I mean, he's played only two and a half games this season. He still leads the Jaguars in red zone targets, targets inside the 10-yard line. Like, when they get close, they use Zay Jones. He's going to be on the field pretty much every single play. They'll kick out. Uh, Christian Kirk, when Zay Jones comes back, he'll be in there for two wide receiver sets, so he's good to stash. And then finally, Michael Wilson, pretty good, um, I would say low upside, but especially in like, you know, 12, 14, 16 team leagues, like he should be rostered in pretty much all of those. He's been highly efficient, that'll probably drop, but who knows, maybe Kyler returns this season. Uh, he's been averaging 53 yards per game with Joshua Dobbs, that's only been trending up lately. He's getting plenty of snaps, like he's clearly a good wide receiver and 
you know, if Kyler were to return, he's got some upside later on. Uh, at tight end, quarterback, defense, there's not a whole lot. Um, no one you're really spending more than like 1%, 2 maybe 3% of your fab on. No one you're spending a really high claim on. Wait for waivers to clear and then add these players, um, especially if they've been on free agency up to this point. Like, I don't know what really changed this week to where all these are amazing options. But top options um, are basically the rookie tight ends. Laporte is obviously not available, but Musgrave, Kincaid, uh, Michael Mayer actually started to break out last week. Again, usually rookies don't break out for tight end, but if they do, it's in the second half of the season. We're trending in that direction. It's already week seven. Uh, But then also, it's a weird year for rookie tight ends and that we had a lot of really good receiving threats at the 10 position. We knew this was a great year for rookie tight ends. And so Laporta already broke out, but Musgrave, Kincaid, Mayer, like they're still producing. I mean, Mayer just started, but Kincaid and Musgrave feel like disappointments, but they're producing really well for rookie tight ends. They can still have good ends to the season. And then Mayer, you know, coming off a really good game, the opportunity is absolutely there long-term for Mayer to have, you know, very clear path to targets at quarterback, um, I see three options this week that are available in a good amount of leagues. Jordan Love at the Broncos and coming off by with his team starting to get healthy. Like, Love's look good this season. If his weapons are healthy and he's playing the Broncos, yeah, wheels up for that. Definitely like that. He's my quarterback eight right now. Sam Howell at the Giants quarterback 10 right now. They're letting him throw the ball a billion times per game, and he mixes in a little bit on the ground, so he's a good option. And then Joshua Dobbs at the Seahawks, my quarterback 14 right now. A little bit less upside, but we've seen the mobility there. He does also have some explosive weapons, and the Seahawks are likely to score points. It's probably not going to be a shootout. If you look at the games this week, there are not very many shootouts. There are a ton of games this week below a 40-point total. It's going to be gross, very low-scoring week, but Dobbs, good option if you need to stream someone. Then finally, defense streaming options. Um, I see four that are pretty good this week, which is honestly a pretty good week for streaming. Again, kind of alludes to the low scoring week we're about to see. But Steelers at the Rams, especially with all of the Rams running backs hurt, that means they're going to drop back a ton. They're going to throw the ball plenty. That just leads to more potential for sacks. Sacks open up the door for fumbles. Fumbles open up the door for touchdowns. And so that's how you score fantasy points. You want the other team dropping back a ton. Uh, Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Honestly, for similar reasons, like the Cardinals running backs are hurt as well. The Cardinals could have to drop back a lot. Packers at the Cowboys. Uh, Green Bay is coming off of their bye. Denver has looked good at times, but has also looked very bad at times as well. And then the Raiders at the Bears with likely no Justin Fields for the Bears. So I've got this whole list ordered from most favorite to least favorite on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com, along with exact fab recommendations if you want that. The rest of season rankings and week seven rankings are all updated. All advanced stats through week six are also posted on the Fantasy Stats app. And then the week seven running back report is also posted as well. Again, all on the website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow to go my top trade targets. Then Thursday, the breakdown of every single game this week. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.